The views expressed in the following program do not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB. Live from the WGBB studios in Merrick, New York, this is Sports Talk New York. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to Sports Talk New York here on Long Island's WGBB, 1240 AM and 95.9 FM. I am Gary Harding, and I will be your co-host. I usually have a co-host, but I will be working alone tonight, your host for the next two hours on this Sunday evening, October the 24th, 2021. Um, And the second part of this hour, we're going to have Peter Schwartz from CBS Sports Radio um, discussing all sorts of things New York sports. And at 9 o'clock, I will have Paul Kreischer on for the whole hour. Paul, if you listen, if you uh, listen to my shows with John, he's a frequent contributor. He is the uh, the guru of Isles Talk and uh, kind of like my muse a little bit. Um, but he will be joining us at nine o'clock uh, for the whole hour. Um, it's a little bit of a rough day, uh, rough weekend actually for me, um, and I'm going to talk about it now over the next. Uh, few minutes um john is my tag team partner for the last seven plus years john panarese is not with me tonight um unfortunately um his mother dolores um has been in ill health for a period of time and um on friday um john's mother was placed in hospice care so um you know, he's having a rough time right now, uh, you know, uh, family situations and such. And, uh, of course, we send our prayers and wishes to the Panneries family, you know, um, for anyone who's ever had to put a family member in a hospice situation. Um, I have, and it's not a, it's not a, a good time. Um, you know, there's a lot of emotions going because, you know, someone's life is slowly, or it depends, sometimes slowly, but in some cases very rapidly coming to an end. And, um, you know, I know that uh, from talking to John before uh, we came on the air tonight that, um, you know, his mother has his good moments and bad moments, and and, and that's good. Um, you know, I know in my situation when I had my mom in hospice care, I think fortunately in my case, um, she only was in hospice care for 24 hours before she passed. And, you know, it's, it's, it's very difficult. Uh, it's a very tough time. And, um, you know, I know John wanted to be on the air tonight, uh, you know, talking, you know, the start of the Islander season and what's going on. And, you know, um, you know, he's always got that passion, you know, for the game. But, you know, uh, when he told me on Friday night, you know, about what was going on, of course, I immediately said family obviously comes first and don't even think about, you know, coming on the air. Um, you know, I'll obviously, you know, step up to the plate and, and, and take care of it alone. So, again, um, John's um, Twitter handle is at Hockey Blindside. So if you get an opportunity, um, you know, if you do follow the show, and we know we have a lot of followers, um, please send John a uh, a well wish. I, I know he could use it right now. Um you know he's he's a little you know he's he's obviously a little distraught and he's, he's having a tough time. So uh, 
So definitely, please, if you could do that, it would be appreciated. And before we continue on any further, I just want to remind everybody that you can follow this show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WGBB Sports Talk. You can also visit our website at WGBBSportsTalk.com, where you can listen to all the past shows and check out any upcoming show information. And lastly, of course, um, you know, this, this show is podcasted. It is, you know, the Sunday shows. The first hour show is available, I believe, early in the morning on Monday. So if you can't get to listen to us live, again, every Monday, the latest edition of WGBB Sports Talk is on the podcast, uh, you know, uh, stratosphere, if you will. So iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts, you can look up uh, WGBB Sports Talk and, um, you know, make sure you listen to all the back shows. Um, also, my Twitter address is at GHardingWGBB. I don't tweet as often as I should, but I will, you know, you know, obviously questions or anything else, um, you know, I'll definitely be glad to uh, discuss it with you. Um, but on a personal note, um, that's not the only unfortunate bit of bad news that it, that's happened um, over the past couple of days. Um, unfortunately, um, in the Islander Booster Club community, Basically, in the Islander community, um, a very close friend of my family, um, her name is Lorraine DeRico. She is a season ticket holder since 1973, and I have known her since I was about four years old, as um, when I was in kindergarten, and that, that's giving you how old I am, and that's totally fine, because I'm... By the time I, uh, I'm on the air for my next show, I will be turning 58 years old. Um, I um, met a girl in kindergarten, and uh, this young girl's name was Stacy, and uh, Stacy became my first girlfriend. You know, of course, albeit for probably about the better part of a day or two. You know, typical four-year-old romance. But um, uh, over the years, I got to know Stacy very well. And got to know her family. She had an older brother, Matt, and um, her parents. I got to know obviously over the years growing up in growing up in Levittown as a small, you know, close knit community. You know, the areas of the town. Um, I was involved in sports as a kid. Um, Stacy was as well. So was her brother, Matt. Um, we saw each other on the baseball fields. We saw each other at the swimming pool. Um, I was a very good swimmer as a child and uh, through my teenage years and, you know, got to know them all through, you know, growing up and going to high school. And the thing I always knew about the Dorico family was that um, they were huge Islander fans um, ever since I can remember. Um, you know, they bought their season tickets, I believe, in year number two in 1973. So they, they've been, you know, going, you know, for decades. And for those of you don't, that don't know me or haven't heard my show over the past seven plus years, you know that I am such a staunch and, and passionate and crazed New York Islanders fan, but that's not how my life started. Uh, my life started rooting for the team that plays on 33rd Street and 8th Avenue. Because my first hockey game, truthfully, was in 1969, and there was no such thing as a Nassau Coliseum. There was no such thing as the New York Islanders. There was only 12 teams in the National Hockey League, actually 14 at the time. And um, 
you know, obviously the Rangers were the only team in New York. So my dad took me to Ranger games. And funny enough, you know, growing up, my dad always taught me the value of loyalty and, and being true to your team. And uh, it was a trait that I took very seriously growing up. And the Rangers of the early 1970s, of course, uh, had very good teams and were running to the Stanley Cup. And the Islanders were in their infancy and struggling to survive and and b- slowly building up their team for the future, acquiring talent via the draft, uh, getting some key players. And, and of course, that, that meteoric rise of the Islanders came in the late 70s and, of course, culminating in 1980 with the first of their four Stanley Cup championships and um, the arguments and the discussions that I had with Stacy and her family concerning uh, the Islanders and the Rangers were very noteworthy and to this day um, the family still reminds me of this when I look at my or look at her high school yearbook and I see what I wrote in her yearbook, and it mostly was talking about how great the Rangers were. Um, little did I know in years' time, <laughs> that all changed. Um, and it did. Of course, uh, again, people that don't know me, in 1988, I officially switched my allegiance because I had enough of Phil Esposito and had enough of what was going on. So I officially switched my allegiance to the New York Islanders, joined the New York Islanders Booster Club, and became began my my fandom in the blue and orange of course uh, getting season tickets as well um and again those that know the story of me, myself um i met a woman on a bus trip to montreal who later would become my girlfriend who later would become my wife and my and she sat at the time opposite from where i sat at the coliseum i sat in section 331 Claire sat in section 317 in the first row, and in the second row were the Dorico family. They had their seats right behind Claire, and, um, you know, of course, the connection rekindled, um, of course, in a good sense, because I was rooting for the same team as as Lorraine and her husband, John, and, and, and the family, so uh, I was, I guess, in good graces, so... Um, at that time, you know, they got involved with the, you know, we were involved with the Booster Club, Claire and I. I was ascending into running, running the organization and Claire was behind me and Lorraine and John came on board and got involved as well. Um, you know, for years and years, whenever there was a meeting or an event or a trip or, a, you know, a game, you know, uh, going to see Philly or whatever, you know, Lorraine and John were always involved and, um, you know, since I had, you know, uh, especially in later years as I lost my, my mom, you know, uh, and moving my season tickets over to by where they were, you know, Lorraine kind of, you know, became my, I won't call her a surrogate mom, but she always, you know, kept an eye on me and, you know, uh, you know, always, um, were at our sides for everything. And, um, you know, it was, it was fun going to games and watching Lorraine because Lorraine is a Lorraine is an attorney and um, Lorraine is a type of person, type of fan. And I'm sure any season ticket holder to the Islanders, anybody goes to Islander games, 
knows a person of this ilk that, um, you know, everything is right. You know, nothing can be wrong. And, uh, especially when a referee or a linesman does something to, to irk this woman. Um, of course, what is a, what is a, what, is, what famous words do a, do an attorney speak when they, uh, when they're not happy about something or they want to, um, present a negative opinion as they yell, I object. And Lorraine, um, as much as I am a big mouth and can carry my voice from one end of the building to the other, Lorraine does just as well, if not sometimes better than I did. And uh, she would yell, I object to the referees. And I guarantee you that um, Paul Stewart's and Don Koharski's and Kerry Frazier's, I'm sure at some point in their careers as referees, heard Lorraine screaming on the top of her lungs. And uh, it always made our section so much fun. And most of the people that sat in 317 for years and years and years were were full-season ticket holders and, 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 in a sense, became family. And, um, you know, Stacy got married and, and had two children, um, Michael. And, you know, you'll hear this name and uh, their second child, their youngest, Kimberly, who everybody knows is Kimmy, who everybody knows is Isles Girl 3. So I have known this, this young child, this young adult, I should say, from when she was a child um, growing up. And um, she's just like her mother. She's just like her grandmother. Her mouth never stops. And uh, the passion, as anybody knows, that follows Isles Girl 3 on Twitter or sees her YouTube channel or sees her Instagram and sees any uh, her stuff that she does, you know, with the Islanders following from, you know, following players to um, her situation with her mental health and how Robin Leonard was such a difference in her life. Um you know, they know the passion of the Dorico family. And um, uh, over the past few years, Lorraine's health has suffered. Um, she's had some issues, um, you know, trying to fight through things. Um, I will say a little bit of stubbornness, um, and that's a good thing. Um, but um, over the last year, you know, everybody's health has suffered, and, and, and she hasn't had any COVID issues, but um, her health has suffered, and unfortunately, in her life, uh, another unfortunate incident hit uh, where her son, Matt, um, unfortunately lost his life about a year ago, and, um, you know, that obviously took a major toll on her and her family. Um, it took a hit on all of us. Um, you know, because of COVID and because of everything else and because of her health issues, you know, I, I, she wasn't able to really have a proper final goodbye, um, for her son. And that's something you don't wish on anybody. Um, and I'm sure, you know, I know that took a, a massive toll. Um, I had saw Lorraine about a month ago. A little over a month ago when uh, the Booster Club had an outing uh, to see the Long Island Ducks play over at um, Failfield Properties Park. And um, we could see that her health was deteriorating a little bit. Um, it really it really pained myself and my wife uh, 
to watch. And um, a couple weeks later, we had a booster club meeting over at Borelli's, and she came, and she looked a little better. But you can see that, you know, um, the years of suffering and pain and, you know, all sorts of things that are happening to, you know, her physically were definitely taking a toll. And um, a couple of days ago, she went in for a procedure, and that procedure um, had some really uh, difficult uh, consequences. Um, right now, she is in in critical care um, in Huntington, and, um, you know, the family is very devastated as well as myself. Um, I am really struggling to to talk about this because, you know, I know we are a sports show and we're supposed to talk about sports, and we will um, in the second half hour with Peter Schwartz and with uh, Paul Kreischer. But, you know, um, being on the air for eight years and having a following of people that do listen to our show and follow us and, and like to hear, you know, what we have to say um, – I think is I think this was therapy for me to get some of this out, and um, you know I know she's been you know hanging in there the last couple of days, and I know Kimmy last night brought her phone and brought the radio in to Lorraine's room, and they listened to the game last night, and um, there was some emotion when goal, Islander goals got scored, and um, even a comment uh, when when. Uh, Paul Mary's goal was taken away. I think there was some kind of a line, and I'm paraphrasing about, you know, why do we always uh, have these problems? And, uh, you know, that's typical Lorraine fashion. It's typical in the fact that, you know, she would make those comments, you know, that things weren't, if things weren't right for her Islanders, she let everybody know. And um, I know Kimmy's going there tonight. Um, and bringing her laptop with her, so I believe they can try to watch the game together. Um, you know, I know she her consciousness is not fully, you know, fully there that she goes in and out. So, you know, I'm sure that's a treat. And I know, and I, again, I love this family so much that I know, you know, what Kimmy's doing um, and how Kimmy's getting through it. And she's, it, it's tough for her. I know it is. Um, if you've seen her tweets, you know. You know, that she wears her heart on her sleeve um, all the time. And, um, you know, it's hard for her. I know it's hard for, you know, her other grandson, Michael. And, um, you know, and for Stacy as well. So, um, you know, I know you may not, you know, people that may listen to us may not be religious. They may not, uh, you know, follow, um, you know, follow religion or follow God or whatever. But... You know, in this world, in this life, um, when people are, you know, in these situations, um, the power of prayer is an amazing thing. I mean, I'm not, I am a religious person. I am not as following as I was when I was younger, but um, I know in my heart that every time I think about her, I'm praying for her. Um, I know my friends and my family are doing the same thing. Um, we posted it on Facebook, um, you know, on her, on our site, on the Booster Club site, as well as um, a site for all our National Hockey League fan club friends. And uh, she's got a lot of love. I know that from a lot of people that have written and commented over the last 
48 hours. And again, um, in our organization of National Hockey League Booster Club uh, members, it's you're not an Islander fan, you're not a Ranger fan, you're not a Shark fan, you're not a uh, Chicago Blackhawk fan, you're a hockey fan. And it is a fraternity um, that we follow and we adore amazingly. And um, to me, and I, and I said it on this show time and time again, I think that's the one big reason why I think hockey has such a passionate, diehard following and and that they not only care about the game, but they care for each other. Um I know we see it in other sports, but I really think in, in hockey it comes out to the forefront even more. Um, and, again, it's not a slight on any other sport, um, but I think the hockey player, the hockey family um, are in a different, I think, in a different element than the other sports families. And, again, it's not taking away from anything. Because the passion that comes out of football families and baseball families and basketball families is, is, is tremendous. But I just see it more following hockey. And, um, you know, uh, we're, you know, we're going to talk about the Islanders game number, game number six tonight as they skate in Vegas at 10 o'clock right after the show airs, finishes airing. And, um, you know, my drive home, I'll be paying attention to the game and, you know, hoping for an Islander win. But I know they did it last night, and I hope they do it tonight. And uh, obviously the team doesn't know about this stuff, but, you know, um, but I just hope that they they put their best effort out. They give it everything they've got, and they put another two points on the board, and they put another W in the column for, for both Lorraine and for John's mom, Dolores Panarese. Um I don't know. I never asked John about, you know, if she does follow sports or anything like that like her kids do. Um, but, you know, I know John, um, you know, isn't paying attention to hockey right now, and I totally get that. And, you know, I know uh, he's got family that have come down uh, from upstate New York and other parts of the area, and... Um, you know that's the most important thing for John right now, and like I said, we're praying for, we're praying for him, we're praying for Lorraine, and um, you know, uh, I just hope that there are better days. Um, you know that we can maybe talk uh, when we're on again next month about some good news, um, because in this world, in this life that we're living, in this crazy. COVID pandemic life that we're, we're sitting through right now in the middle of almost the, the, thir- the, the start of the fourth quarter of 2021. We need good news. We all need good stories. We need positive things. And, um, you know, I, I just pray to God that, you know, Lorraine's health gets better and she, uh, you know, can maybe, uh, you know, see through better days and, and hopefully, um, you know, that passion comes. But, you know, as as Islander fans, and I'll try to get back onto hockey here and and get onto sports. You know, everything going on. You know, it's a it's a great time as a sports fan. You've got the uh, the World Series happening on Tuesday. The Atlanta Braves are taking on the Houston Astros, which I'm sure a lot of people, especially Yankee fans, don't like the fact that Houston's in. 
They probably wouldn't have liked Boston in either, but, you know, whatever. Um, you know, but the Dodgers lose to the Atlanta Braves, who haven't made the post the World Series since 1999. So I'm sure starting on Tuesday, it's going to be a very exciting series. Um, you got football. Uh, at least one team did good today. Uh, the Giants did a, a victory against the Carolina Panthers, the Jets. Um, we'll talk with that with Peter Schwartz at 840, who regularly covers um, the Jets. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that mess. Um, the NBA has obviously just started. Uh, the Knicks look pretty good so far. The Nets had their issues with Kyrie Irving and uh, his non compliance to get vaccinated which is not allowing him uh to play in certain situations and uh that's going to be tough for net fans who really were expecting this team to um get past the milwaukee bucks and make their run for an nba title um which could still happen and then of course you had the nhl and we'll talk about the other two teams in the in the metropolitan area who have had absolutely great starts. Uh, the New Jersey Devils are 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 absolutely uh, having a tremendous start with their addition of Dougie Hamilton. Unfortunately, they just lost Jack Hughes due to injury, um, but had a goaltender by the name of Dawes come in uh, and uh, get a victory the other night uh, over the Buffalo Sabers, and uh, they're doing well and. Again, the team that's the most surprising right now is is the team on Broadway, the New York Rangers. Um, a new coach, um, a couple of new players slotting in. Um, I will tell you honestly, we haven't been on the air, John and I, in three months, but uh, talking to friends and talking to people I know in the hockey world, I said this team absolutely scares me. And if you are an Islander fan, this Ranger team should scare you. Um, they are a very good team, a team that's going to have to be reckoned with and uh, are going to give the rest of the Metropolitan Division fits this year. And then, of course, there are the Islanders on their 13-game road trip. Game number six is tonight. Um, we have 20 days away from, uh, actually, sorry about that, 27 days away from the, um, the opening of UBS Arena at Belmont Park, which a lot of fans are looking forward to. I got a tour of it, and we'll talk about that later. But I think right now we're going to take our first break of the evening, um, pay a couple bills, and when we come back, I'll talk a little more. And then at 8.40, we're going to have Peter Schwartz from CBS Sports Radio joining us on WGBB Sports Talk New York. Gary Harding here with you. Please come back and join us. Listening to Sports Talk New York. Tune in every Sunday night at 8 p.m. on Long Island's WGBB. Broadcasting on 95.9 FM and 1240 AM. Or listen live online at WGBBradio.com. Stay connected to Sports Talk New York on WGBB by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WGBB Sports Talk. You're listening to Sports Talk New York on Long Island's WGBB. And now, back to the show. 
And we are back on Sports Talk New York on Long Island's 95.9 FM and 1240 AM WGBB. Gary Harding with you on this Sunday, October 24th, 2021. Again, just a reminder, you can follow this show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WGBB Sports Talk. You can also visit our website at WGBBSportsTalk.com where you can listen to all the past shows and check out any upcoming show information. Again, we are podcasted. This show right now on Sunday night at 8 o'clock will be podcasted tomorrow morning about 5 or 6 a.m. The second hour of the show will be on Tuesday, I believe, around 5 or 6 a.m. So if you don't uh, already um, follow us or subscribe, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, that's the place to check us out. You can get all the past shows, and there's shows going back years and years and years. You can hear how how bad John and I sounded in 2014 when we first joined WGBB. Um, so, uh, yeah, definitely, um, definitely check them out. Um, again, I want to thank everybody for putting up with me um, for... Let me talk about my uh, about John's mom and especially about my friend Lorraine. Um, I'm still emotional about it. Um, you know, their family know I love them very much, and I'm I'm just it, it's been a part of my life. You know, uh, when you're a season ticket holder to a team, whether it's the Islanders or the Mets or whatever, you know, you have the people that are surrounding you, and they and they become your, you know, in this case, they became my hockey family. But Lorraine. And her family have been part of my family since I was a child. So, you know, this is hitting, this is hitting home and it's hitting hard. And, um, I am really fighting keeping my emotions up. And this has been a very difficult time. And like I said, I thank everybody for joining. Um, Peter Schwartz will be joining us in a few minutes again. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a long suffering Jet fan. So I'm sure. You know, talking about today's game is really going to be uh, quite difficult as well. I don't think on the on the same level as me, but you know, I, I, I'm sure it is. But um, again, in in the second hour, we're going to talk the whole hour with Paul Kreischer of Owls Talk. Um, for those who don't know, we also do um, Paul and I and and John from time to time. We'll do a uh, a live feed that goes on Twitter and um, and Facebook as well. Where we'll just, you know, support our opinions, ask questions, uh, give, you know, have people respond to us in question form. And, you know, we talk about everything. And, um, Paul and I have been in constant contact all summer. Um, for those of you who know Paul, um, you can say your prayers to me for that. Um, but, you know, we've got, we've had some opinions and some of them really, I think, uh, surprised people. And, uh, some shocked people. And some of them did and some of them didn't happen. But we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the first five games. We're going to talk about what's going on down at the Bridgeport Islanders. Again, that's not the Sound Tigers anymore. It's now the Bridgeport Islanders. Um, they're now two, I think they're now two, two, oh, and two. So, uh, things are going okay for them. Um, but, uh, things are, uh, Things are interesting. We're almost halfway on this long road trip, and um, I think we do have our caller, our guest on the air. Again, people might know him. He's he for years and years covered the New York Dragons. 
among other things. He's uh, been on ESPN Radio with WFAN, and he's currently on CBS Radio, and his name is Peter Schwartz, a longtime friend. And a friend of the show, Pete. I know you're, uh, you know, you're on a time budget here, and I appreciate uh, spending a few minutes with me. Oh, thanks for having me, Gary. Hope all is well. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, um, you may know I, I spent the first half hour talking about uh, one of our friends from the Pooster Club, who's unfortunately not doing well. So it's been a rough time for me and my co-host. Yeah. His mom has also been ill, so it's been it's been rough. But we're hanging in there. But uh, you know. Um, you know, you've, you're an open book on Twitter, at Schwartz Sports, and you obviously mentioned about the fact that uh, watching a Jet game a couple weeks ago, you uh, had a little medical illness. Uh, I just want to yeah. make sure, after today's game, are you okay? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm fine. Thank you for asking, and thank you for the, the, the concern. It, 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 you know, I, I joked with people, um, not, that, not that having chest pains was a joke, but uh, a couple of weeks ago when that did happen and it was in the morning watching that jet game against the Falcons in London. <laughs> um, I, I, I joked with people for years that one day the Jets would put me in the hospital and that sure enough that happened. But, um, um, you know, as, as a fan, I'm kind of immune to it. So I, re- that really had no factor in it. It was a little bit of a scare that, that day and thankfully everything is okay. And I've, you know, I've made some immediate changes in my, in my lifestyle to, combat whatever it is and uh, as of right now all the tests were negative so i'm yeah i'm fine and i watched the game today I actually missed a piece of it because my my son had a flag football game today so i actually was spared about an, an hour and a half of the of the first first half or so of, of having to watch it but <laughs> it, you know as as a fan it's you know I'm, I'm i'm immune to it already you know it's it's a long time that uh they've i I went through the whole the years of having Ajita and worrying about it, but I don't I don't worry about it anymore. No, and, and it's good you are. And like I said, it's great that you're um, you know, you're making the changes again. I've had similar situations as you, so I I totally understand. And um, you know, again, the road to recovery, knock on wood, is gonna is gonna happen, and and it'll, you'll be all the better for it. Um, yeah, I know, just I just hope I just hope the elevator works in, in UBS Arena, uh, so that I could take the elevator up to the press box and not have to take the steps because there's been, you know, in the Coliseum you've never known if the if the elevator was going to work or not. So I think that'll that'll help put years on my life. And Peter, as as bad shape as I I'm in, and uh, <laughs> you know I know that elevator was so darn slow that I could have probably did three laps. By the time you got to the top floor of the Coliseum, too. <laughs> yep, no question. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, I took a tour of UBS last, last Friday, or last Saturday, and uh, it is, um, there's plenty of elevators, and I think you're going to be just, just fine. Yeah, I think, I think so. That was just a little bit of a, of, a, of a joke there in light of the situation. Right. Now, I mean, just, <laughs> just talking about, I, again, talking about that 54-13 game, I mean, um, you know, obviously, you know, your quarterback gets knocked out. You know, uh, you know, White, the backup quarterback, just didn't look like he was ready for anything. As a, as a first year head coach, and again, you've, you've covered the Jets, you've covered everything that's gone on. I mean, what's go, what, what could be going on through this guy's mind saying, number one, you know, what am I doing here? And, and what, you know, what, what's gonna, what can make the situation any better? You know, hit, when it comes to the Jets, this group, 
Um, I think everybody knew before the season started that this was going to be, you know, a group that was going to take a couple of years to, to come together. A lot of a lot of young players. Uh, you know, a couple on the offensive line. You've got your your quarterback drafted second overall, and there are some young pieces on the defensive side. So I, I think I, I don't think it was reasonable to expect that there were going to be a lot of losses still. But I think the one thing you wanted to see from the team this year was you wanted to see a certain you know compete level. You wanted to see you know you wanted to see some some improvement over last year. You know you wanted to be in games, you wanted to try and win, you know, five, six, or seven games. Um, and and I, I think there have been times during this season where we've, we've seen that. I think we've seen flashes from from Zach Wilson. We've seen some, you know, that, that we've seen flashes from the defense that, you know, there's, there might be something there. Uh, today is very, very alarming for a number of, of different reasons. Obviously, the big concern right now is, you know, the, you know, the status of, of Zach. Zach Wilson, and we'll see what the MRI says tomorrow. But that that didn't look good. I mean, if that's a, I think they're they're talking about it being a PCL you know, injury. There was one report oh. uh, tonight about that, so that that could be that that could be really bad. Uh, but you know, beyond that, I mean, you know, Robert Sala comes in as with a defensive background, and uh, you're just not seeing you know a whole lot of compete level. Especially today, from that from that side of the ball, yeah. And um, you know, I'm never one to question, you know, an athlete's you know will or whether they've quit in the game. Right? But you you watch the second half of that game today, and you know, to me, it it, it looked like it was hard. You know, it, it was hard to watch because it just looked like they lost interest in the second half. I mean, I know you're down big at halftime. But to me, it just looked like they, they lost interest. And um, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what happens the rest of the way, um, how, the, how this team responds to it, how they respond and perhaps not having their quarterback for the rest of the season, what they do. Um, but I, today today was very, very alarming in, in, a, in a lot of ways. And uh, really, you know, it makes you wonder, you know, there was all this you know, feel-good about Joe Douglas coming on board and the excitement level with Robert Sala and, you know, some of the draft picks, but um, a game like today, if, if they don't bounce back and win a few games here at the end of the, at, in the second, especially in the second half of the season, I, I think we're kind of back to square one with this team again. Yeah, I, and and I just thought after that Atlanta game, I couldn't have caught any worse. And I'm like, I, I, I truthfully didn't watch much of the second half. I just couldn't, I just couldn't stomach it. So I was switching over to the, uh, to the giant game and, and, I was like very surprised. I mean, you know, I know, uh, I know, uh, they benched, uh, Carolina benched Darno at some point in the game, but, um, Daniel Jones looked like a completely different person. He looked like he had engaging receivers. Um, yeah, yeah. the offense really looked surprisingly, I won't say, I won't say great, but they, they, they definitely looked like, uh, a serviceable team. Well, I think for the Giants, it was certainly a step in the right direction. I, I, I still think this team is, uh, you know, devoid of, of enough talent to, to compete on a regular basis. But I think for the Daniel Jones detractors, I think, uh, you know, he kind of stuck it in some people's faces today because he played well and, uh, and even caught a pass. He made an incredible one-handed. Yeah, that was beautiful, wasn't it? A, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I listen, I, 
enough people like Daniel Jones coming out, and you know, I, I think to label it a bust of a draft pick uh, at this point is probably a little premature. But I think certainly today was a step in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, I mean he, been, he wasn't. He wasn't. He was like what, like number nine or something? Like, wasn't he not that? He wasn't that. I, no, no, no. I, I think it was like six. Oh, was he six? Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, he wasn't, higher. right, he wasn't top, he wasn't a top three pick, but, but still. No. You know, and when you're coming out of Duke, which is not a, uh, really a college football hotbed, really, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, right. I guess there was a lot of questioning, but well, to me, the, the thing that surprised me the most, and, you know, I've watched, some, you know, I, I just flipped back and forth, um, you know, making sure my fantasy teams are doing well, so, but, but, um, you know, when I've seen, look in the eyes of, of Daniel, you know, especially when, you know, he's been struggling, it's like, it really looks like a deer in headlights. You know, it's like, what, what, you know, what the heck am I doing here kind of thing? But, you know, there was. And I think also, and I think also, Gary, I think we've seen, you know, especially on the play that he got hurt, um, you know, I, I, I think we've seen him make some real poor decisions, mm-hmm. not just, you know, throwing the football, but also, you know, you know, why don't you slide there? You know, why are you trying to, you know, get a few extra yards and risk fumbling the, the football? So I think, I think Daniel Jones has the tools to be a really good quarterback in the NFL, but I think he just has to show some more, some more smarts because I think, I think if there's the one, the one area of his game that, that most people are, are right in criticizing him about is that, you know, he just, he doesn't make very good decisions at certain points in the game. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I think, you know, you don't want to label this as a, as a possible, um, you know, problem of, of his development and maturity, but, you know, he, his, his main, uh, his main, uh, running back has been hurt so many times. I mean, you know, that's, that's been tough. I mean, Devontae Booker got a cup, got a touchdown, looked good in some instances, but, you know, you were hoping to have your, 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 your man to, to help, uh, you know, spread out that offense a little bit. And, you know, he hasn't had that, he hasn't really had a whole lot of opportunities that you know since since that rookie season. No, and then, and and that's you know Dave Gettleman's going to be judged on you know his ultimate fate's going to be judged on you know how Daniel Jones finishes this season and and also ultimately on on Saquon Barkley. I mean that's you draft a, a running back second overall, you you call him the best player in the draft or whatever uh, Gettleman said mm-hmm. back during at that time. And you can't keep him on the field, I and mean, that's that's a bust of a draft pick right now. And, and I yep. think Saquon Barkley is a good football player, but you know, in the NFL, you know, a lot of times you can get a running back. Different parts of the draft, you get a you know running back in free agency. I mean, you that, that's a that's a premier draft pick at number two overall. And uh, I think you know this this current group of Giants is being defined by those two yeah. draft picks right now. And you know, that's right right now you have to. You have to wonder, uh, you know, if those were the right moves, and right now they certainly don't look like they were. Yeah, well, again, you can you can get a quarterback at number what one ninety nine. Is that <laughs> was that the number he had? Tom Brady was. I think uh, he was one hundred ninety ninth. Yeah, through six hundred six hundred touchdown pass today. Yeah, and I heard uh, I heard that the ball was supposed to be worth like half a million dollars, and and uh, I forget who caught the pass. He gave it to a fan. They got it back. Yeah. <laughs> they got it back, but that's that's hysterical. They probably had to swap it out. They probably had to swap it out for another football. No, they they said a football and a, and I think a Tom Brady signed jersey. 
You know, I tell you, if I was in that, if I was in that situation, you know, I, I, I'd hold out for a, for a nice return. You know, I'm, you, you know, you know my prowess for sports memorabilia. Not yes, that I, I have, do. Yes, not I do. that I have millions and millions of dollars worth of of stuff because I don't. But if I was in that position, I'd be, I'd be looking to, to cash in on that. Yeah, it would be a nice, it'd be a, be a heck of a payday, that's for sure. Especially, you, you know, when you see like bats go into the, into the stands. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'll be, I wouldn't be remiss if I didn't talk about this with you, but, you know, uh, anybody that knows Peter is a, he's in a house divided. Most of his family are Met fans, but he is the Yankee fan of the family. Um, yep. I assume that you are going to want nothing from Tuesday night when the World Series begins with the Atlanta Braves and the Houston Astros? Um, yeah, that's probably correct. <laughs> um, uh, you, know, I'll, you know what, Mike? When, when you have kids, sometimes, and especially you get a little older, you know, your sports, your sports uh, interests, sometimes they, they change a little bit. depends on what you do for a living. Obviously, working in sports... You still have to keep a, an eye on it, but um, you know when you have when you have kids and you kind of live vicariously through them and see things through their eyes. Or, you know, my younger son Jared will sit and he'll want to watch the World Series. Yeah, I, I was just going to say that. I know your youngest is is yeah, big he, big with baseball. You know, you know Brad, Brad, Bradley is playing high school football and he's the jock, and you know Jared's kind of trying to catch up to him a little <laughs> bit with that. But as far as as far as being, you know, like a you know, student of the game and watching the games, Brad, Jared's very, very attentive with those things. So I'm sure we're going to be, and you know, not to change the subject, but especially since the Islanders aren't playing on Tuesday night, um, he's going to want to, you know, nestle in front of that That's true. with the World Series on. That so is, that is I, very I think, true. I think there's probably a really good chance that we watch uh, a, a chunk of that game one on, on Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, you know, outside of New York, it's, it's not, I mean, you know, everybody, you know, most everybody hates Houston. So, I mean, you, you got that going. You know, as a Met fan, I can't stand the Braves, but, <laughs> but, uh, you know, again, they haven't been there since 1999. So it's a nice story. I like Freddie Friedman. You know, there's, there's some guys on the Braves I like. So I, I won't, uh, you know, I would probably, if you put a gun to my head, I would be going Atlanta anyway. But, yeah. you know, but it, but again, it's, it's still, you know, a nice story, you know, if, if the Braves can, you know, come back and finally do it. But, uh. And I think it's also a good story with Dusty Baker too, because, you know, the yeah. Astros got in the middle of that scandal and had to make those changes. And, you know, Dusty Baker was brought in to clean up the mess. And, and he's done, he's done just that. And, you know, he's, you know, listen again, I don't think too many, People in New York or around the country have any love for the the Astros, but you know Dusty Baker is a very likable figure, and you know if, if there's someone that can maybe change the perception, maybe it's him. Um, but you just saw the sheer joy of when you know when the Astros won the the pennant the other night. You know the sheer joy in, on his face, and then it, and that's what sports is all about. You know Dusty is one of the good guys in the sport. Yeah, for sure. And if there was one person on that in that clubhouse in that dugout that You'd like to see, you know, you know, win a championship. It would be Dusty Baker, right? So, you know me, I don't talk basketball, so I'm not going to go into that part of New York sports. But you know, well, I'm again, watch, the, I'm, I'm watching the Nick game right now. Oh yeah, how are they doing? I uh, think they are winning seventy-eight, seventy-one. Oh okay. Quarter. Okay. All right. I mean, the Knicks off to a good to start. Keep, I, try, 
I'm trying to keep my finger on the pulse of everything going on. I'm hosting a show on the fan next week, so I gotta. I know that's that's. I gotta yeah, be up on that. I was gonna I was gonna bring that up at the end, but yes, uh, I am definitely gonna make sure I uh, set my alarm clock for somewhere around between three thirty and four, so I so I can get in and uh, have a little conversation, do the reverse of this. This will be good. But yes, I'd like that. I'd like that. Yes, you know? you, I told you. I t- I told you I'd do it, and I'm gonna be a man of my word and do it. Don't wake up, Claire. No, no, absolutely not. I know my, I know what my bread's buttered. Um, but let's, but flash you this week, guy, because I know you got to get out for a, uh, for an update, but let's, let's, let's talk about the NHL. I mean, are, I, I talked to people during the summer because I haven't been on the air for three months, and I said, the Rangers are going to be scary. I mean, do you feel the same way as I do? You know, I, I had a conversation with, you know, with, with somebody who, who covers the NHL. Uh, this was probably in training camp, mm-hmm. and and I, I similar feelings I have to what you had. I I, I felt coming into the season that the Rangers would be a, a compete for a playoff spot. I didn't think they'd get off to this kind of start, but I felt the Rangers had enough talent to compete for a playoff spot. It came down to a couple of things: Are they going to get you know the goaltending? And, uh, and also, are they gonna, are they gonna be able to get more scoring, you know, outside of, you know, Panarin and Zabanajad and things like that? So that right now, you know, to me, they, they look like a team that is, is gonna be one of the eight in the, in the Eastern Conference. That's what it looks like to me right now. Now, do I think they're gonna win at this pace the rest of the season? No, I don't. Uh, but it, it's a good conference. But right, right now they are off to a great start. I do think they're going to be in the mix all season long. And I think right now you'd have to say that they have a really legitimate chance to make the playoffs. Uh, but you could say that about a number of other teams in the conference too. But uh, I, I, I'm not surprised that they're doing well. I, am I surprised that they're doing this well? Yeah, because I thought they would compete for a spot. But we'll see if they come back to the pack a little yeah. bit during the course of the season. But they certainly have, they certainly have some talent on that. Yeah, team. I mean, to me, to me, the whole, I, you know, this, you know, despite the couple of little changes they made and tweaks here and there, to me, the coaching was the difference. I, I just knew that Gallant was going to turn this team around. That you know, that the Rangers with David Quinn, it just didn't. It just didn't seem like they, they, you know, they, the guys wanted to push for each other. But what you got a guy as, as, as sometimes as volatile. As um, as Gerard Gallant can be, that it's gonna make it's gonna make those guys push themselves even harder, and, and that's what uh, that's what I'm seeing. And like you said, I think they're gonna come down to earth. I don't think Shesterkin's gonna be as as ridiculous as he is. Um, he'll come back, but yeah, like I said, I I really think they're gonna be a playoff team. And um, you know, I you know originally before the coaching change i was like ah, i'm not going to have any problem going to a ranger game in november at ubs arena but man if the rangers start out as good as they are i'm not going to like going to that night <laughs> well you know what it's just one of those things that you look at uh it's just always going to be that way it, it, there's no i i i again i in my old age i've stopped trying to worry about you know visiting fans coming in and that's true. And rooting for them in, in the Islanders home arena. It's just, it's just, 
the way it is. There's nothing, there's nothing you well, can do about again, it. Again, things are going to be different, obviously, this year because you have more season ticket holders. And but yeah, you know, yeah. but again, a Ranger game is going to be a game that you know. Some season ticket holders are going to say, you know, hey, I can make up like twenty five percent of my tickets in one game here, you know. Right, right. But, uh, but in a few, and that's and that's always been, and that's always been. Uh, yeah, that's always been the case. For Islander home games, always. Oh. That's. You know, my butt's going to be in a seat. You can guarantee that. Section three sixteen, yeah. row one, seat one. I will be there. I'll I'll wave to you from high atop. <laughs> but um, but in the last uh, two minutes, we got you. Um. You know, talking about our, 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 our team, our Islander team, game six of 13. Um, you know, despite the bad start, you know, you're playing at 500 hockey. I think that's really what I expected, you know, as the, as the 13 games went on. Um, you know, a, a win against a Vegas team that's struggling right now, I think will be a great elixir for that, that little, uh, one game and 10 day break. Oh, there's no question. You know, I, I, I kind of looked at it when the schedule came out. Um, as I, I ran this by my son too, and he, he, he agreed with me. We were kind of on the same, same wavelength. I think when you looked at the 13 games, I mean, I think you wanted to try and, you know, and come out with, you know, six or seven wins. And I, and I think, I think 15 to 16 points was probably, you know, a good doable target to have. You know, over over the thirteen games, so I, I, I think they're right on track here. And, you know, they they have not played uh, very well at all. Uh, you know, last night they won three nothing, but uh, I don't think you could say that they were anything earth shattering last night. They they looked a lot better against the Blackhawks um, uh, during the week, so I, I, I think that was you know a step in the right direction. But look, this is a you know this is a team that is built for the playoffs. Uh, this is the first 82 game season we've had in a couple of years now because of the pandemic. And they've got a lot of depth on this roster. And I think that depth stretches into the Bridgeport roster, especially what we've seen over the weekend with Golashev scoring a couple of goals, yep. Robin Sallow getting the game winning goal in overtime yesterday. So, you know, the, the people with their arms up in the air, oh, you know, Chara was a bad signing, you know, they shouldn't have brought Green back, and look at Bailey, and, was, you know, let, let's, you know, pump the brakes on that. I mean, if anybody thought when they signed Chara that he was going to play in all 82 games, I mean, I got a bridge in Brooklyn to sell you. <laughs> um, you know, and, it, and, it, you know and, and, you know, and Andy Green, the same thing. I mean, right. This, the, you know, they've got to get through 82 games. And they're, they're going to use their depth to get through the 82 game season. And that's, I don't, I, I don't think that's, you know, being a, a rocket scientist or, or breaking any new ground. Nope. So, uh, yeah, they, they off to a slow start, but listen, you have to trust, um, the people in charge. There's exactly. In the room and, um, and, 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 and these are good players on this team and these are good coaches and, uh, this is a team that has been to the NHL's Final Four the last two years, so uh, I, I, I don't think you can you can you know hit the panic button five games into the season and, and just in a matter of a couple of days you went from zero and two to two and two to this situation where you've got a chance now even with a point tonight yep. um, in Vegas to come home in that situation. Yep. I, I think 
was definitely from the first leg of this trip, I think you have to be happy with. Yeah, it sounds great. Listen, Peter, I appreciate you spending a few minutes with us. Uh, go back to the air, and we'll definitely call you next Saturday night, Sunday morning. Sounds good, Gary. Thank you for having me. All right, take care, Peter. Again, Peter Schwartz from CBS Sports New York. That's one hour in the books on WGBB Sports Talk. We will be back with Paul Kreischer from Isles Talk on the next hour. Please stay tuned.